Brian showed me a recent piece in the Albany Times Union with the headline, Ulster County or Florida, Moving New Yorkers Flock to Both. You see, the Hudson Valley was the hottest place to move in the tri-state area among New Yorkers in 2021, according to a newly released annual survey by Piece of Cake Moving and Storage. Yeah, it's not the Marist poll, but movers would know. Ulster County alone saw 329% more people moved into the county than out of it last year, rivaling sunny Florida in popularity as a moving destination, the report said. This is a trend that excites and validates me as a city, but I also know it gets under the skin of people annoyed at the influx, angry at property increases, New York attitudes, or even the crowds on the roads. Florida also is admittedly a tempting destination mostly for its weather during our increasingly brutal winters. Moving New Yorkers flock to both was that headline. Of course the editor meant one or the other. You move to Ulster County in the Hudson Valley, or you move to Florida. But wait, what if you chose both? It's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it One park blues have an ounce of an idiot Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah At first I heard my feelings but it's kinda got a ring to it When you move to the country they can tell when you're new to it I'm looking at a place but I'm trying to keep fitting in It takes too long to be a local so for now I'm a city, yeah I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Well, and sometimes, other places. Episode 61, Floridian. So you might know this, but Brian, Nora, and I headed south on Christmas. Like everyone, we wanted a break from the cold and be in the sun. I won't let Nora fly in a plane undercarriage, so we got in the car and started the long drive to South Florida on Christmas Day. I tell you, driving on a holiday is the best idea. There's no one on the roads, and it feels so easy, especially through D.C., whose traffic is a nightmare on any regular day. In fact, we got as far as a motel in Florence, South Carolina, before we were kaput. Restaurants were closed, of course, because of the holiday, but we planned ahead with charcuterie plate and a bottle of wine and camped in the motel to watch the new film, Don't Look Up. The long road trip was better than I thought. We followed the advice of others by swapping driving every three hours or so and making a lot of quick pit stops. We brought a lot of our own food so we didn't have to go into stores, and Nora seemed fine in the back seat. We were never really bored, listening to music, songs themed to the states we drive through, Broadway shows, and I introduced Brian to the Comedy Central channel on Sirius XM. Interstate 95 changes more than I remembered as you go through various states. While it's wide and crazy through Jersey, Maryland, and Virginia, it becomes a bit narrower and tree-lined in the Carolinas. Rest areas in the north are big indoor food courts, but in the south, they're more like picnic areas with bathrooms and people walking their dogs. The ads on the billboards are the most fun to track. They get super religious and bossier the further you go south. And then in Florida, a lot of lawyer ads start to appear, encouraging you to sue everyone around you. The lawyer featured in the ad also changes with the demographics as you move south. 
By the end of day two, we arrived at my in-laws, where we'd spend a few days with them at their golf community and at their pool before moving into our own Airbnb in Fort Lauderdale. We were here for sun and fun and for two months. Bread Alone, Route 9G, Upstate and Chill, Goats Near an Orchard, Jesse. How many local references are in the new city at Anthem? Well, you won't know unless you stream it over and over again. Hearing just part of it here does nothing for the Billboard rankings. Plus, you're missing out on the funny lyrics and local mentions. Find the new song on Spotify, Apple Music, and more. Links in the show notes or from Cydia.com on the music page. Thanks. So I share our first snowbird experience in Florida for a few reasons. One, it's fun to brag about being in the sun when the weather home is crap in 10 degrees. Two, Florida is hilarious, weird, different, and I want to share some important observations. Three, moving somewhere else, anywhere else, for a short time, just like we did two years ago in Tel Aviv. For that, tune into episode 31, God's Country. This is all a reminder of what it's like to feel and be new which is, of course, the point of Sidiot. So Florida and our time in its bright yellow sun have admittedly killed a fair number of my brain cells, but still, here are eight observations, gleanings, hand-picked fruits that I bring back to you upstate. First, learning to be new all over again is humbling. Probably because we become comfortable in our community in the Hudson Valley, I think I forgot what it's like to be new somewhere. There's new all around you. There's new inside figuring out this house. We rented a little two-bedroom house through Airbnb in a residential neighborhood. This is a little ironic since our town of Red Hook just restricted doing this. And here for two months, you really need to get used to the furniture, the kitchen, its electric range, I hate them, the little backyard, love it, and feeling settled. Then there's the outside of the house, trying to see who your neighbors are, which days to put out the garbage. Unlike in the country where garbage pickup is once a week, here in the city of Fort Lauderdale, it's twice. Part of the plan was to be outside as much as possible and be able to eat safely at restaurants outdoors. At a first glance, every restaurant or cafe was in a strip mall. We knew there had to be cool places, but you don't know where. Luckily, my cousin Melody showed us Absinthe, this little outdoor cafe right near where we were staying, just a street off the main drag. The truth is, as a newcomer, you really have to work at finding places. Two, geography. Upstate, we think about the differences between the mountains and the valley or farms. Here, the contrasts are beach versus inland. I-95 is really the divider between the beaches and communities to the east and the golf communities and towns to the west. We stayed as close to the beach as we could, about a mile. The water is what we craved, and there's also the intercoastal. With its parades of boats and yachts, small, big, and ginormous, we just wanted to be on the water all day. We stayed in the Lake Ridge neighborhood in northeast Fort Lauderdale, which on the one hand looks like a nice little L.A. middle-class neighborhood of small ranches on postage stamp-sized plots of land. But the landmarks for the neighborhood on Sunrise Boulevard are the Hustler Club and the Rolls-Royce dealership. Walking Nora around the grid of streets, she needs to mark everyone's lawn with a hello pee, but there aren't really many sidewalks, so you can't blame me. The streets are numbered, which gives it an urban feel, but there are multiple roads for each number. Northeast 17th Avenue, Northeast 17th Place, Northeast 17th Terrace, then 16th. They're all the same width with the same design of homes, though each house is cute in its own way, with very distinct landscaping to create these little oases of trees, sitting areas, and privacy. 
I was disappointed, though, by the lack of pink flamingo sculptures, but I'm cheered by a house with two lawn signs, protect our troops and love is love. Three, the parks are really nice. If you travel with your dog, you probably also look for places to take them right away. Brian's advanced research said we needed a dog pass from the town, so he rushed over to the office to buy one, only to find out they stopped bothering with dog licenses during COVID. Instead, we bought a season pass to Hugh Taylor Birch State Park, which is right along the Atlantic, so we could have easy access and parking to benches along the intercoastal every sunset, trails to walk Nora in the shade anytime, and access across the street to the beaches. Taylor Birch State Park is this narrow, two-mile-long park with access to the water on both sides and even a little bar by the walkway to the ocean beach. Our first weekend, we sat outside in the warmth, having a cocktail with the dog, enjoying the novelty of being around other people, debating whether or not this was a super-spreader event. Encouraged, we found more parks. Snyder Park, down by the airport, has two big lakes, one with a dog beach, though Nora wouldn't go in it. The other lake has little pagodas you can sit in and have a nice lunch over the water. Further north, Spanish River Park in Boca was also a great place to picnic and then walk via a walkway to a pristine, empty ocean beach. It cost $25 a park, though I'd pay pretty much anything for a picnic by the beach in the winter. Several times a week, we stayed closer to home at Holiday Park, a big city park with two dog runs, baseball and football fields, walking trails, and a workout loop. You can't miss Holiday Park. It's just off Sunrise, first left after the Hustler Club. Animals. This is number four. Here, animals are a good contrast with what's up north. The ducks are here, but we know those are the ones from the north. Also snowbirds. What's different is you'll see a lot of little salamanders running all over the place. Little amphibians. They're kind of creepy cute, but apparently their skin can be poisonous. What I'm on the constant lookout, though, for are alligators. Legendary stories of gators hanging out in shallow bodies of waters, swooping up to grab a human leg or snap a dog. Terrified. I don't know why I'm worried, though. South Florida is very dog-friendly. In Fort Lauderdale, you can take Nora on one section of the main beach without a leash, Fridays to Sundays, 3 to 7 p.m. We go every week, and it's so much fun for them to run around together against the backdrop of the waves. Dog grooming is also different here. One place in Wilton Matters offered $5 to wash your dog yourself in the back of their store. Or you could do what Brian did, pay $100 to have Groom It, a mobile van, come to our house and bathe Nora in the driveway. In a weirder thing, dogs go in stores everywhere, even Trader Joe's. The only reason I can think of is that it's too hot to leave your dog in the car so people bring them in. In our neighborhood, though, I found my favorite local animal, Paco the Peacock. Paco is a fixture in the Lake Ridge neighborhood, and I'd see him regularly. I struggled to get a good picture, though, since you really have to scare a peacock to get them to open up the feathers, and when you're a temporary resident and everyone around you has a gun, you find yourself, surprisingly, risk-averse. I thought about this a lot, worried about all the guns around me. One weekend at the same time as the reptile show was the gun show. Contrast this to the Hudson Valley, where we have sheep and wool and the garlic festival. My fifth observation is around conversation. This is tricky. I find that you can only talk about the weather. How hot it is, how cold it is, how nice it is, how muggy it is, how nice it is. It might be because nothing else happens except the weather. There are museums, but we didn't go inside any except to an outdoor graffiti art exhibit in Wynwood in Miami. And even walking around there, I said to Brian, it's so nice out. We stayed across the street from his school, and every morning walking Nora, I spoke to the school crossing guard. 
We would talk about the weather here, of course, but then we would extend the conversation to talk about the weather up north. It wasn't enough to talk about it here. We had to talk about it there. One day I felt so courageous, for absolutely no reason, I brought up Texas. Do you think they fixed their electric grid, I asked her? She didn't know, but I felt like we were getting closer, since the next day, after we both had clearly seen the frigid temperatures in New York, she winked at me and said, bet you're glad you missed that. And on our last day here, as I wished her good luck as the temperatures started shooting up with spring approaching, she gave me an appreciative smile and said, did you book next winter yet? This leads us to what aside from the weather does matter in Florida. Cars. Probably because you're in them all the time, waiting for traffic lights, which I swear is longer than the one traffic light in Red Hook Village, your car is your second home. People really trick them out too. Saw Porsches that were lavender, Corvettes, a lot of Corvettes, Mercedes, Teslas, Land Rovers everywhere, and yes, pickup trucks, occasionally with some version of Skull, Crossbones, and or the Dixie flag. Okay, the seventh thing about Florida is, well, how Florida crazy Florida is. This place is nuts. I mean, it felt like only a third of the people were wearing masks inside, even during the latest viral wave. They use this phrase, COVID careful, which means they kind of care about COVID, but they're not really that careful. And the traffic. There's traffic everywhere with wide avenues of multiple lanes, like four, five, six lanes across each way. I-95, which we would take to bounce between Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Boca, Delray, Boynton, and Palm Beach Gardens is a madhouse. And even lifelong practice on the Garden State Parkway didn't prepare me for this. The good thing is that parts of I-95 have these first-class lanes. No, not HOV. It's express lanes where you pay a premium, like 50 cents to get your own lane or two for stretches. Brian and I beelined over there whenever we could. Even there, though, people drove crazy. The speed limit was 75 miles per hour, and people were flying past us, switching lanes without signaling and swerving whenever they wanted. And it's not just cars and trucks. We would also keep seeing ATVs, all-terrain vehicles, on the highway. At a family reunion we had while my mom was down visiting, I asked my cousin Lisi about this. The police don't seem to care, I said. You never see people being pulled over. Oh, she said, police don't really intervene since, well, they don't want to get shot. Oh. But I think you should listen to more than just me. I mean, what do I know about Florida? You should have a more well-rounded view. Luckily, while we were down here, with much thanks to City at Fan and Realtor Tim Hurley, who was subletting his timeshare in Delray, we overlapped with my brother-in-law's brother-in-law, Irwin, and his wife, Rachel, for a few weeks to also share the snowbird experience. Irwin generously sent me a voice message with his reflections. My name's Irwin, and I just returned to East Hampton, New York, after a few weeks in Delray Beach, Florida. I don't like palm trees. I like deciduous trees, and I don't care what Google says. South Florida does not have deciduous trees. Deciduous trees are naked. There are no leaves anywhere. They are ominous-looking naked branches in a gray sky. And, and by the way, WTF are all the landscapers blowing when there are no deciduous trees. I like the four seasons. I like winter. I don't like palm trees. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to City It. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Please rate the show via cityit.com. Apologies to our friends who bet we couldn't make it 10 weeks. We did. Thank you to Irwin for being a guest voice. It's like having Larry David call into the show. You can too by dropping me a voicemail from anchor.fm slash cityit. Irwin, by the way, is active in the East Hampton Trails Preservation Society, which you can find at ehtps.org. And as you know, he likes his trees deciduous. Please stream the City at Anthem on Spotify or Apple or wherever. Don't forget from last episode, Hamilton and Adams, who outfitted us, has 15% off for you in their new online store with the code CityIt, my spelling of it. By the way, I just heard that CityIt made the final voting round in the Chronogrammys for Best Regional Podcast again. Voting starts in April, so get your fingers ready. Until then, Brian, Nora, and I are driving back north. We do miss home and everything about the Hudson Valley. I think, though, I'm going to miss Florida just a little. You know why? You know why. The weather. Down in the valley, moved up from the city. It's a new way of living, and I'm trying to get used to it. One park, which was half an ounce of an idiot. Ordered a Manhattan, and they call me a city, yeah. I'm a city, 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 I'm a city.